This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. A few weeks ago, WeWork, the co-working company, was at a serious low point. It had slashed its valuation, canceled its IPO, and was a few weeks away from running out of money. All of this happened because of serious questions over the fundamentals of the business and WeWork CEO Adam Newman's behavior, including selling off an unusual amount of his company stock and giving his wife a role in picking his successor. With WeWork's sudden downfall, everyone from its investors to its employees is struggling with the fallout. But Newman himself has made millions off it. Today on the show, how Adam Newman walked away with a giant payday while the company he built was left in shambles. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, October 25th. Before disaster struck at WeWork, back when the company was growing, it drew people who believed in a mission. WeWork was this incredibly fast-growing company. People worked around the clock, and there was a lot of idealism. Maureen Farrell has been covering WeWork's IPO. Idealism about what you could do for the world, I think that was really, like, was part of the company. There was so much excitement about kind of changing the world through office leasing and all these other things they were getting into. And you're dreaming of this big payout. Yes. For people who don't know, can you describe what it looks like when you're an employee of a startup, how you're compensated, and how people talk about compensation? Sure. So a lot of times at startups— and it seemed to be particularly the case at WeWork, you get compensated maybe a little less than you would be at another company, and you're willing to take a slightly lower salary in exchange for stock options, which at a company like WeWork or so many of these other hot startups, you assume will go public. You know, we've seen millionaires, multimillionaires minted at places like Facebook just from joining early, and then you suddenly, you have this big windfall when a company goes public. And that's really the dream, and especially at a place like WeWork, where maybe you joined when this company was a few hundred employees, even a thousand employees or two. You saw that it was valued at a billion or five billion dollars, which was a lot. It was a hot company then. Then earlier this year, you heard it was valued at 47 billion dollars. You know what that means and how lucrative it could be for you. And Over the last few weeks, you've just seen those evaporate. And now a big chunk of employees assume they could be facing layoffs and their stock options are worthless. This collapse happened in a matter of weeks. It started with the delayed IPO, but things got even worse for WeWork after that as people at the company started to question whether CEO Adam Newman was the cause of all the strife. Members of the board were starting to think that problem could only be addressed through drastic action. 
Let's go back a few weeks to it's mid-September, and WeWork has just delayed its IPO, and Adam Newman has a meeting with his board. What happened at that meeting? When WeWork delayed its IPO, Adam Newman was still saying they were going to go public. We're just delaying this. Tuesday, they delayed an IPO. Over the weekend, there was essentially a coup. Many members of the board really thought Adam had to go, that there was no way the company could be taken public with him as the CEO. And over the weekend, they started meeting with him about actually leaving. And it it sounds like he was very much caught off guard by this. The board staging this coup was in a weird position because, yes, Newman had lost public support, but he still held something really valuable, a huge number of shares that gave him control of the company. And so the board members had to carefully navigate asking Newman to step down while he still technically controlled WeWork's destiny. Behind the scenes, the board members, some of them, were working together and trying to figure out how they were going to get him out. They knew that they were going to talk to him on Sunday. Two members of WeWork's board and one longtime ally and investor took him to dinner on Sunday night and really explained to him You have the power. You can essentially make any call you want. Because of this voting control that Adam Newman had at WeWork, to a certain extent, the board's a little bit irrelevant. He had the power to fire the board. Since Newman had so much control at WeWork, he could have done that, fire the board, and stay on as CEO. But that would have been a very risky path, which might only serve to deepen the concerns people had about his leadership. Another option would be for him to give up his control of the company, but keep his financial stake, and let WeWork continue without him. Then he talked to more board members that night. By Tuesday morning, he was out. And so he agrees to step down, but what does that mean in terms of his control over the company? He still had it, ironically. He was still—he agrees to step down on a Tuesday— His access to the WeWork's headquarters is cut off. A lot of his close friends and family members who work for the company, they're pushed out within days. Yet he's still the chairman of the board and still controls the voting power of this company. This is quite a turn for Adam Newman, who just weeks prior had been riding high. Yes, this is a completely stunning reversal from just a few months before when Wall Street bankers and almost every bank, the heads of the two stock exchanges, were basically falling over themselves trying to win business and trying to court Adam Newman. He has multiple houses in the Hamptons, and he asked the heads of the two stock exchanges in the U.S. to come out to pitch to him. He and his wife were very focused on banning meat in cafeterias. They had done that at WeWork's headquarters, and they had asked the heads of the two exchanges and any bank that wanted to work with them, will you ban meat from your cafeterias? They all said no, but he did ask that. He also asked them if they'd ban single-use plastic. We understand that the NYSE and the New York Stock Exchange agreed to ban single-use plastic in their cafeterias. NASDAQ didn't, but NASDAQ agreed to create this index, this tradable index of 50 companies that would have promised to have sustainable, environmentally friendly policies. It was called the We 50. And so how common is it for CEOs, founders, to kind of beckon the heads of these stock exchanges? Is that how it normally works? 
This is pretty extreme. Okay, so going back to what life looked like after Newman agreed to step aside. He's chairman of the board, but two new co-CEOs have been brought in to run the company. And once they get in there, do they devise a new plan for the company, and what does it look like? Yes, they immediately came in, and they both were existing executives. One of the co-CEOs had been the longtime chief financial officer. They came in, looked around this really elaborate office that he had. They quickly put employees, workers in there to clear it out. They turned it into a conference room within days. Same thing with his wife's office in there. They were, when you say elaborate, what do you mean? There was like an ice plunge pool and a sauna in it in one of the chambers of his office. It wasn't just stuff like ice pools that they had to deal with. There were bigger strategic changes that these two guys who took over for Newman had to think about. WeWork was losing a lot of money. So at the top of their list was making WeWork profitable. Along the way, Adam Newman had made a number of side investments. For example, he's a big surfer. So he invested in a company called Wave Garden. It's a Spanish company that makes pools with surfing waves. He also invested in a natural food company that was started by a famous surfer. Adam Newman had always said, we're not just an office leasing company. We're so much more than that. We're elevating the world's consciousness. They immediately said internally, no, we are an office leasing company. We're good at that. We think if we can turn this company around, but we've got to quickly get rid of all these ancillary businesses that are outside of our focus area. But refocusing the company wasn't going to be enough. The new CEOs also realized they would need to lay off a lot of staff. They have about 12,000 people. There was an acknowledgement that they were going to have to lay off potentially thousands of people. But there was a big catch there. The new co-CEOs started looking around and saw that the cash was going to be depleting very quickly. So they need money. There's a cash crunch happening. A huge cash crunch. They're bleeding capital. They also realized they don't didn't even have the money to pay the severance costs of these layoffs. And when you lay people off, you have to pay them. It's an upfront cost of severance. So they were bleeding cash so dramatically that they knew they had to immediately plan these layoffs, but knew they couldn't actually execute them until they got more cash in. Basically, the company was in a catch-22. To get closer to profitability, it needed to do layoffs. But it couldn't do layoffs because it couldn't afford to pay severance. Once they realize that the company is that fragile, that they're, like, running out of money, the company has no money, what do they do? Well, immediately after they called off that IPO and once Adam Newman was out, they decided they weren't going to do it, they knew they needed a rescue plan. That rescue plan and the backlash to it after the break. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com journal. 
Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Mercury. There's an art to making the complex feel simple. Everything should be in sync so that even the smallest part serves a bigger purpose. Simplicity can transform your business operations. That's why Mercury powers your financial workflows from the bank account, giving ambitious companies like yours the precision, control, and focus they need to perform at their best. Apply in minutes at mercury.com. Welcome back. WeWork was banking on its IPO to get money just to keep operations running. So when the IPO was canceled, the company was in a jam. It had to find someone who could step in with money. First, WeWork went to its bankers, but that didn't work. So the company turned to its biggest investor, the giant Japanese conglomerate SoftBank, to see if it would put even more money into WeWork. SoftBank was willing, but the deal it wanted had major consequences for WeWork. It would basically recognize that the company was now worth a lot less than it was just a few months before. So the valuation that SoftBank is putting on WeWork and it's putting in new money so it gets to set a valuation is $8 billion. And we step back to January of this year. They had put new money in at a $47 billion valuation. Board members don't necessarily want SoftBank to come in and run this company, but they realize maybe they don't have any choice. And SoftBank had all the leverage. So in addition to lowering the valuation of WeWork, it also attached conditions to giving WeWork money. It wanted Newman out. It wanted to get rid of those powerful shares that were keeping him around. And SoftBank wanted to put in its own guy. Marcelo Claré came into WeWork in the weeks after the IPO was called off and Adam Newman was pushed out to just start looking at the company, look under the hood, look at the leases all around the world, their costs. And then SoftBank said, as they were negotiating this investment, that he would come in as chairman was the decision, but a very hands-on chairman. He also personally negotiated with Adam Newman. And what did Claré and Newman agree to in terms of Newman's payout? So they agreed to a package that's valued at almost $1.7 billion. The first part of that was giving Adam Newman the opportunity to sell a portion of his shares that would add up to almost a billion dollars if he decides to sell all of them. The second part was a new personal loan valued at hundreds of millions of dollars. The third piece is a consulting contract valued at about $185 million. That $185 million is essentially cash they're giving to him. It's being billed as a consulting contract that he'll, he won't compete with WeWork for the next four years. He'll consult with them on an as-needed basis. Some people see it as a payout to get rid of his voting control of the company. And how did people react when this became known? When people, employees, and just the broader public understood how much Adam Newman was being given to walk away from this company, the response would be, the feedback would, disgusted. Kind of horror, shock, horror, frustration, bitterness whether it was employees, former employees, people around the company, or just the general public, people I knew. There was just a level of shock at this package. Just immediately when we reported this story, I would say my phone and my email blew up with 
you know, <laughs> OMG, I can't believe this. There's just an unleashing. People were feeling this behind the scenes, but it didn't come to the surface until SoftBank's new guy, Marcelo Claret, held a staff meeting to answer questions about WeWork's future. Marcelo Claret got up and addressed the staff in an hour-long meeting and answered their questions. One question someone asked about Adam's payout and why they felt the need to give him so much money when so many employees didn't know what was going to happen to their stock options. They were worried about layoffs. And when he asked that question, the employee, everyone started clapping. And Marcelo Claré essentially said the consulting contract, among other things, was the cost of getting him to give up his shares. What else did he say? Did he reassure employees? Did he talk about the value of their stock and their futures at the company? So Marcelo Claré also told employees, I understand your plight and I'm going to fix it. I'm going to figure out a way to do something. But he said he didn't know what it is yet. Employees, number one, are wondering if they're going to have a job. Number two, wondering whether they want a job. I think that's also going to be a concern on so many different levels. If you are one of the most valued employees, the question is going to be, are they going to be able to keep these employees? And these employees there, if you look at their backgrounds, they were sought-after employees, and they they got highly sought-after employees in a lot of capacities to join them. So there it will be a mix. I mean, there's going to be thousands of people laid off, which is always dangerous, and who knows where this economy is going. But on the flip side, a lot of these employees who now do not have an attachment to their stock options because they don't know what's ever going to happen to them, there's going to be a real temptation to jump ship. I mean, we've seen that in the last few weeks. A lot of senior people have left. What is WeWork going to look like going forward? For now, it's going to look like an office space leasing company, which is actually pretty cool. I mean, the whole thesis, original thesis of this business was, if you've been into a WeWork, they're awesome. Like, the aesthetic is really cool. They look, maybe now people have sort of mimicked it, but it was maybe not the innovation that they said it was, but it was a real innovation in office space. So these buildings... They're going to cut back on growth, it sounds like, and who knows if they're going to have to actually get out of leases and scale back a lot. But I think for right now, they have the money, and they're just going to focus on doing what they do well and seeing whether this company can survive like that. So SoftBank believes in this future for WeWork, but it had to put even more money in to rescue it, what has SoftBank or its CEO, Masayoshi Son, said about that decision? He said this week on a call with limited partners who had invested in his fund, he apologized and he said he took credit or he said it was his fault. Masayoshi Son said it was his fault for the problems around WeWork, that he put too much faith in Adam Newman and he apologized for it. And what has Adam Newman himself said about this? What we've heard that he said is the pay package was a validation of what he and employees have built. That's all for today, Friday, October 25th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal, 
The show is hosted by me, Kate Leinbaugh, and Ryan Knudsen. We're produced by Annie Minoff, Ricky Novetsky, Sarah Platt, and Willa Rubin. Rob Zipko helped us this week. Thanks, Rob. Our senior producer is Pia Gadkari. Annie Rose Strasser is our supervising producer. Griffin Tanner is our engineer. Our executive producer is Gerard Cole. Our theme music is by Haley Shaw. Additional music this week from Haley Shaw, Bobby Lord, Billy Libby, and Blue Dot Sessions. Thanks for listening. See you on Monday.